0: If you are uh, if you are listening now on uh, Spotify or one of the uh, catch up uh, mediums, then we welcome you. I know most of our listeners are in the USA. Uh, it's a massive country with more Christians than anywhere else, than perhaps with the exception of China. Um, but yeah, welcome uh, to you all if you're listening in uh, South Africa, uh, Russia. Uh, Italy or Japan. A special mention for you this morning. So we hope we hope you uh, receive a blessing as well this morning. So welcome to you all. Well, we're going to have our second Bible reading now, and this is from Mark chapter fifteen, and it's the first fifteen verses. Last time we saw the the arrest of Jesus so this is what happens next and straight away in the morning the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate and Pilate asked him art thou the king of the Jews and he answering said unto him thou sayest it and the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. And Pilate asked him again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold how many things they witness against thee. But Jesus yet answered nothing, so that Pilate marvelled. Now at that feast he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made an insurrection with him who had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude crying aloud began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. But the chief priest moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. And Pilate answered and said again unto them, what will ye then that I shall do unto him whom ye call the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said unto them, Why, what evil hath he done? They cried out more exceedingly, Crucify him. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. So the matter of Jesus and Barabbas is our focus today and I want to show you this as a picture, a powerful picture of just how the Lord Jesus Christ would die in the place of sinners so they could go free. We saw last week how Jesus was arrested and subjected to a hearing in front of the, the ruling Jewish class called the Sanhedrin. And now we see him in in verse 1, we see him that he's he's being tied up. Again, just overkill. Maybe they think it will make him look more like a proper criminal. I mean, it certainly isn't based on any expectation that he's going to, you know, start lashing out or trying to run away. Well, the the Jewish leaders then take him uh, to Pilate. Now he was the fifth Roman governor of this area that Jerusalem was in, called Judea. Um, after um, Archelaus was 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 thrown out in uh, AD uh, six, and and so he held the office for about about ten ten just over ten years. Uh, his proper title was the legate. The people accused Jesus of many things, hoping to get him found guilty under Roman law. And they mention him opposing taxes and saying he was a king. Pilate, now obviously is expecting quite a forceful defence by the accused man. And he's stunned, if you, if you see in verse 4. He's stunned by Jesus' lack of concern. For the possible sentence, should he be found guilty. Even this man, even this <laughs> man who was, uh, was was at his, his very cruel moments, uh, he, he wasn't afraid to, to kill people. Even this man can see which of the two should be released. He can see that the, that their motives, that the Jews' motives for bringing a prosecution were, were, were just faulty. They're motivi- motivated by envy, it says and Pilate could see that because they they were envious of the power that Jesus had they were envious of his wisdom even though those are the very qualities which should be leading them to conclude he is who he says he is what's he done? Pilate asks what has he done? and they can't give an answer to Pilate's question you can see in verse 14 there, uh, they didn't have an answer. Instead, they just used their combined voice to force Pilate's hand. Mob rule, in other words, that's all it is. But it's the, it's the very uh, unwillingness of the crowd to answer Pilate's question that's important because it stands as further evidence of Jesus' innocence. What was Pilate's duty before God? What was it? Well, Pilate's duty was to do the right thing, even if it meant a riot, war, uh, his own deposing from his position, or even his own execution. That was, that was, his, that was what he should have done. Well, this symbolic event, at the freeing of Barabbas, is told by all the four Gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, so the Holy Spirit, I'm thinking, must have wanted us to pay it some proper attention. We don't know much about this man, Barabbas, but we do know he was a robber, a trouble causer and also a murderer. A custom had come into play in Jerusalem, whereby every year at the Passover feast, the Roman authorities, well, Pilate, would release a prisoner of the people's choosing. And this this concession to the Jews would, at least in, in the minds of the Romans anyway, help them to keep the Jews happy and less likely to rebel. And to the Jews themselves, well, the setting free of a prisoner would be quite symbolic at their Passover celebrations as they remembered being set free from the jailhouse of Egypt, or rather their ancestors were, you know. It seems that Pilate didn't want to put Jesus to death. It looks like quite a clear choice he's presented to them. Yeah, you know, you've got you've got these two men, Jesus and Barabbas. One did nothing more than saying some things the Jews didn't like. The other was a vile and violent criminal. And yeah, what we need to remember when we're trying to when we're trying to, um, you know, Bible commentators, what they do is they. They look for all these 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 clues all over the place and they try to build up a picture and present a picture of who you know what this person was like and the, the, there's some great research being done but we we, we need to exercise caution um, uh, me too you know as i'm trying to say this guy was like this or this guy was like that because Pilate, is like every one of us he's a complex creature he has feelings and motives and so on, which fluctuate. Now, we might, we might guess that in some way he liked Jesus. We might say he wanted Jesus freed just to annoy the Jews. We, I don't know, we might say, he might say that um, he saw Jesus as, as a potential rival. And he wanted them dead all along and his attempts to have him freed were just a a show. We don't really know. But it looks like Pilate is surprised. The people want a murderer released from prison, verse 11 there, uh, thereby sending the Son of God to his death. (laughs) To the surprise of Pilate, well it's... It'd be it a surprise to to, to anyone, or all the generations following that, if they if they underestimate the 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 sinfulness of man, that they, they will be likewise amazed at how people could make this choice. People are sinful. I want you to keep this in mind. This is important. This annual practice of freeing a prisoner, though it was an invention of man was in place at this exact time in history by the providence of God so that this picture of substitution could be established the just man receives the punishment while the guilty man goes free in the Old Testament the ritual, ritual for the cleansing of a, a leper involved two beds. Uh, one of them one of these uh, birds was killed over some running water and then the other one was dipped in the dead bird's blood and water and then it was released so off it would fly its plumage still covered in blood and again that is a picture of substitution substitution now what, what does this have to do with us well here's the truth every man or woman ever born or whoever will be born is by nature like Barabbas, a robber and a rebel against God. A sinner. Secondly, um, God is holy and just and he cannot let sin go unpunished. The sentence for sin is death. Not just the death of the body. Uh, not just the, 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 the death we, we, we all accept is going to happen. But it's after that. It is a a state of dying that will never end. So there's the problem. And the third thing is, God has provided a substitute in his precious son. And he would die in the sinner's place. And in doing this, God could be both the just and the justifier of all those who believe. So to put that another way, God is righteous and in salvation he makes people righteous too. So in order that you might get some idea of the importance of this principle of substitution, I want to bring you several points today. So here's the first one. Barabbas, he was guilty of many crimes. We read that he was in prison for being a revolutionary and it says in verse 7 he was a murderer. Uh, John's gospel account, if you read that later, tells us he was also a robber. Now his guilt had already been established. All that remained was his execution. Now like Barabbas, we are by nature rebels. During our lives we rebel against parents, teachers, employers... And even if we are God's children, we nevertheless have this rotten nature within us which is still in rebellion. So the worst thing is we we rebel against God himself. To you who are believers, I believe the Apostle Paul's cries of desperation that you can read in Romans chapter 7. It describes the it describes the um, the experience of of every true child of God, because he says that the good things he wants to do, he doesn't do them. But the things he wants to avoid at any cost, those are the things he commits. He doesn't mean all the time. But this is this is something he he just finds a, a daily a daily struggle. So we're rebels. Uh, And and like Barabbas, we are all robbers. Most of us have have robbed our fellow man in some way through dishonesty or something else. But we've also robbed God of his authority and his glory by our lack of thankfulness. And our, our, for most people, the refusal to worship him. And we who claim to be, you know, we who claim to worship the Christians, well, you know that our worship is often lukewarm. And I've said this before, this is the main reason why people don't get any blessings or get much blessing from going to to a a meeting, a, a church meeting, or maybe like this online meeting even. If you find you get nothing, well I can guarantee you there's stuff in God's word, God's word that that is there that, that would bless you if you were in a better condition of heart that if you were closer to God, these things would thrill you. And if they don't, you would be tempted to blame me or whatever preacher you're listening to and say he's not as good as so and so. You you I you think you've missed it there. I think you, you people need to be thoroughly prepared in prayer so that they are in a, in, a, in a state of expectation before the meeting starts and if that doesn't describe you if you just said let's pause life it's time for the meeting let's go to the meeting be at the meeting now get back to life uh, as normal uh, then you've you've got very very little chance of being blessed we are robbers. We rob God of our hearts by doing those things. And it gets worse. Like Barabbas, we're all murderers too. We're all murderers. Most of you will remember Jesus. He shocked his hearers one day by telling them that if they've ever hated someone, they're murderers. Because the process that leads to actually you know, going and killing someone, that process has as as at it, its start a uh, hatred a uh, hatred towards people so the are and and of course the Bible says that deep within the heart of the natural man is really a longing to see God either dethroned or dead listen to some of the things here that the scriptures tell us that our hearts produce this is in Matthew 15 and verse 19 for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. We're all by nature children of wrath, the same as everyone else. And this book of the law, this Bible, it gives its verdict on us all our offences make us guilty found guilty so Barabbas was guilty and this brings us to our next our next point well Barabbas was under the sentence of the law he was in prison, he was in chains he was on death row and his state is a reflection of ours the fifth psalm tells us that God hates all the people who commit sin and John 3 and 36 says he that believeth on him, on Jesus, is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God and so this hangs over his head uh, awaiting the hour of vengeance many people have tried to keep the standards God's set some have imagined they have they've, they've kept for example the ten commandments I'm not only talking about the, the, the those old Pharisees the people in our present day who pride themselves on being morally upright, they'll tell you they've never killed anyone, committed adultery or stolen, well uh, still others others claim that they are sabbath keepers they've kept the sabbath what really? properly? like like Jesus kept it? you, you can't do it. it can't be done and the, and the apostle James tells law keepers people who, who want to you know be right with God through this law keeping James says that if you break one of God's laws you've broken them all and what's the result of this? What, what what does this result in? Galatians 3 and 10 says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, it's an Old Testament quote, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which were written, which are written in the book of the law to do them. Well, you Christians now, you know, you are you are surrounded. You are surrounded um, in every walk of life, in, in wherever you are, by people in bondage. Christ says, "Whoever commits sin is the servant or slave of sin." You're in bondage. They're in bondage, and their bondage is certain. They have no hope of ever getting themselves out of their dungeon. They're in the bondage of their own nature. Sons of Adam, you see, they all they've all inherited the family illness of death by sin. They are in the bondage of the flesh, the desires of men, enslave them in all manner of evil habits. They are in the bondage of Satan. He is the God of this world. And if God chooses not to deliver a person. Then they are under Satan's power. As much as they would object to that idea. And many are in a bondage to religion. Men idolise their own way of doing things. There is a way said wise uh, older solomon which seems right to man but the end is the ways of death it's crucial people understand this their own way their own course of life the decisions they make they've all been made before by millions of people before them and it all ends in utter disaster Churches are full of people who are glory in their religious observance. It's sad. You think that you know the churches would be full of Christians and outside non-Christians. It's not like that at all. There's people in churches who are just intolerable with their, uh, you know, with the, the the feeling that they they're impressing God by turning up a church. They love to tell you they they loved they love God so much they go to church every week. Every week, folks. Wow. Well, I mean, Satan's in church every week. You know, he's he's a better attender than you. I was in. I was doing a. I was doing some open air preaching in Chester. It was a few years ago now. We were doing some open air preaching, and we were interrupted by a man who had a complaint, and he claimed to be a Christian, and he objected us. To, he objected to us preaching. The things uh, we did about repentance and so on and he wasn't some nomarch this guy had real authority to challenge us yeah he he, he told us he he um he preached in all kinds of churches in, Ch- in chester and you know he was on the board of several christian charities and he'd read the bible all the way through three times and so he reeled off his Christian credentials yeah but the basic duty of God's people to tell others about those Holy Spirit concerns of sin, of righteousness and of judgement that was alien to him he just complained we didn't smile enough and tell everyone that Jesus loves them and is their friend God save us from the influence of those types of religious people those who are in bondage to false religion including deviant Christianity are among the bitterest enemies of of, uh, Christ's cause the only one who is able to set their prisoner free from bondage is Christ Jesus, the sinner's substitute and the way to him is through repentant prayer to God Almighty and this is what we preach Well, having looked at Barabbas' crimes and their consequences, the sentence of the law, I'll uh, move on to my next uh, point, which is that a substitute was found. Now, this wasn't uh, Jesus and Barabbas. It wasn't exactly the case that, you know, someone was dragged off the street and and said to take Barabbas' place exactly. But you can see you can see the picture of substitution. So you've got this man entering the arena of Barabbas' life just at the right moment. If Jesus hadn't to come, maybe the crowd would say, well, you know, it could have been another individual who they liked more and they'd, they'd, they'd get rid of Barabbas, you know. But in Jesus coming at this exact time it's a real gift to Barabbas because little did he know that the arrival of Jesus would mean his certain freedom. Imagine this. Imagine that the cell door opens. Your chains are removed and then that man is told that this other man is to go to the Roman cross. He is to be freed. The death sentence is lifted from Barabbas but it is placed on another who is innocent and so then the picture unfolds for us now. Christ is shown to be the one who would die in his people's stead. And who else but the God-man could do it? None other than God could bear the penalty for that, 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 that sin demanded. And none other than a man could be a true substitute for man. The substitute had to be God Manifest In the flesh This Holy Lamb of God Was the only substitute acceptable to God Back in eternity In old eternity Before the universe existed An agreement was made Among the persons of the Godhead A race Was to be created a, The race of men which would fall into sin and God elected a people who would be delivered from the consequence of that dreadful fall and the son of God would be the one to stand in the place of condemnation where all the sinners of Israel and others should rightly have been listen to what it says here in Galatians chapter 4 verses 4 and 5 it says but when the fullness of time had come God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons and he was also sent for people not under the law of Moses people from all over the world from all different types of cultures all different languages you who are Christians rejoice in this that God's own darling son left the glory of heaven for you he made himself of no reputation poor despised rejected uh, subject to the hatred of men and the fury of his own father for you and so was that prophecy of isaiah fulfilled he was wounded for our transgressions But there's more to this transaction than having sins forgiven. I mean, Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't simply exist in his life in a state of uh, perfection. He, he actively kept the law of God all the days of his life. And get this, his perfect righteousness was given to you, his people, Paul writing to the church in Corinth in his his first letter there uh, in chapter 1 and verse 30 he says to them but of him God are you in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption it is being in Christ that your sins are forgiven And it is in Christ that his righteousness, his perfections, become yours. A substitute was found. And there can only really be one outcome to this, which brings me to my final point. Which is that Barabbas was set free. The Romans did release this murderous rebel. You can read that in verse 15 and they killed the sinless one everyone coming into this world does so as a future mutineer against the heavenly captain but some are changed and these are set free and like that Levitical bird they they fly away from the pollutions of this world their souls covered as it were in the blood of the Lamb of God John 8.36 tells us, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. And the whole picture of substitution tells us this important truth. Everyone for whom Christ became a substitute must go free. They must go free. It's against God's perfect justice. ...to send Christ to be a substitute for someone... ...and then require the penalty to be paid a second time... ...by that person in eternal fire. It's interesting to note Barabbas' name. Barabbas' name, you know, means um, son of the father. Plenty of people were called Barabbas... ...but it's interesting that this man in this account was called Barabbas because he is a son of the Father and he represents those elected to be sons and daughters of God the Father. A picture of them being freed while the one who was the son of God by his very nature was executed. When the Lord God when he slew his when he when he killed his own beloved son, there was a complete satisfaction. It satisfied forever the justice of the Father. It satisfied forever the demands of God's law. It satisfied forever the desires of Christ's soul in laying down his life for us, his friends. And it satisfied forever the needs of the souls of us, his friends so what does God do to us who are the what the Bible says are the called according to his purpose what does he do to us well he raises us from the dead spiritually speaking he gives us a new heart He forgives our sin, all sins. He makes us righteous in Christ. He causes the Holy Spirit to live in us. He gives us all spiritual, all manner of spiritual blessings. And he tops it all off by giving them the promise of eternal life. Eternal life. No more struggles, no more sins, no more falling out. Well, if you're a believer watching today, remember the great cost of your redemption, like those who've been. Those who are set free in 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 the, in the natural world, we we've been set free, but this is a, this is a greater freedom. So live like it, live like those who've been set free eternally be joyful in the Lord I don't mean for you to try to adopt a silly grin permanently or to try to whip yourself into a state of religious excitement I'm talking about real joy lasting joy that undercurrent of joy that is there each day no matter what happens keep Christ at the center of your thoughts Keep them at the centre of your Bible reading, your worship, and so on. And always be thankful. Always be thankful. If you are an unbeliever, God knows how thankful we are that you are listening today. But if you're an unbeliever, whether, whether you're openly an unbeliever, or you are... Disguised as a believer, maybe a churchgoer. Well, just remember this story. Even though that crowd in our passage, even though the crowd had been manipulated by their leaders, they were still held accountable for killing the Messiah. And so, no matter what the reason is that you've not repented and approached God for mercy. You'll still be held accountable for it You'll argue Well I didn't want to become a Christian Because I was too busy Or You know I had a career Or I didn't become a Christian Because it was forced down my throat when I was a kid And all these I've heard all these excuses before Now look If you've lived independently of God Unattached to Jesus Christ Not following him No one forced you to do that. It was you. You need Christ as your substitute. Your your, your surety, your guarantor. And he commands repentance. And it's always the case that for man... ...that even repentance is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. He can give life to the sinner who's dead in the sins... And it's he who puts the very desire to repent in the hearts of all those who will eventually come to him. So may he be pleased to have mercy on you today. May you, like we did, come to know Christ not only as the sinner's substitute, but as your substitute. Now may the God of all grace who has called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that you have suffered a while make you perfect, establish strengthen, settle you to him be glory and dominion forever and ever Amen Well thank you folks for for joining uh, together today and I hope that the, especially the word of God will have been a a cause of uh, uplifting you in your soul and so I shall see some of you through the week and the rest of you I shall see God willing next week so have a blessed and Christ filled week